giving, coming, it falls right in par with, with Paul. We are looking at Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. And, and out of this, I came up with, or God showed me, how to maintain our spirit of joy and gratefulness. How? The, 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 the thought then came, delight yourself in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, delight yourself in the Lord. In spite of what else is going on, in spite of the news, in spite of how crazy things are, you better learn how to delight yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read. Let me read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 9. <coughs> and it reads as such. But whatever things were gained to me, as I thought then, he has a change of perspective. After he saw Jesus, what he thought was true, he now knows isn't true. These things which I once regarded as advancement in merit. He said, I, I thought it made me something, but I realized it didn't make me nothing. I have come to consider as lost, absolutely worthless. He said, once I saw Jesus and I made the comparison, I realized that what I was chasing was really the wind. For the sake of Christ and the purpose which he has which he has given my life. He said he called me with a purpose. And that's all that matters. But no more than, no, no more than count everything as lost compared to the priceless privilege the supreme advantage of knowing Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, yes. That's enough. <laughs> Father, even now, hide me behind your Shekinah glory. Lord, you preach through me. You speak and enable us to hear. Lord, uh, Lord, Move in the midst of this congregation. Move on those that are joining us live. Lord, you speak and allow us to see Jesus. Help us to experience what Paul experienced, that we may realize that you are really our lives. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Paul, if you know it or not, is preaching from jail. He, he's writing this letter, and in this letter, he refers to joy or rejoice 
19 times. In, in a hundred and, 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 and 104 verses, he says, rejoice. He says, joy. Matter of fact, if you add glad to it, he says in the hundred, I said 104 verses, he says those three words over 19 times. My question that I bring to you, how, 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 how does he do it? When his circumstances are not joyful, when a situation is not joyful, how can he maintain and tell others that are going through persecution that, that there is a joy that you can maintain through your circumstances? Hallelujah. He says, the joy that the Lord gives, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. He's not talking about happiness because happiness is based on circumstances. And we that are God's children have to learn that his joy is greater than happiness. Matter of fact, God can keep you. I believe joy brings about gratefulness. You really can't be grateful until you're walking in this joy. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, can I go a step farther? A byproduct of joy is peace. If you got the right type of joy based on the right thing, the devil can't steal your peace. I don't care how crazy things are happening on the outside. God will let you know you can trust him. They, they saw we run to him. It's him. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's him. This is having the discipline to look away from your situation and look to your source. This is making God your source. And the only way you can do that is to trust him. Is God's word more true to you than your opinion? Hmm. Is God's word more true to you than your feelings? What do we allow to control us? What do we allow to influence what we do, how we think, how we feel. We allow outward things to so impact us. And, and if we're not careful, let me say this, if we're not intentional about keeping our eyes on the Lord, the world will have you fretting, the world will have you worried. The world will have you up half the night. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the, the world will, if you allow its influence to influence you the wrong way, you, 
You won't be able to distinguish you from the world. There ought to be such a presence on us, such a peace on us, such a assurance based on who he is, based on his promises, that there is an inner joy that shows up and we don't even know it. Walk into the store, and, and, this, and this girl, she called me Sunshine. bothered me. <laughs> Seriously. First time she said I should talk to somebody behind me. I look around. And this is what she said. I said, why you call me sunshine? She said, every time you come in here and you look at us, you give us a smile. Wait a minute, you gotta understand. I didn't know that. I had no clue I was doing that. I have become familiar with them, and I'm happy to see them, and, and you know, and see that they're doing okay. So when you meet, so when you see somebody, you ought to, without knowing it. Listen, listen. Love make you smile at folk. <laughs> oh, shut your mouth. When you love folks, not them love you, but you love them, it brings the joy that the Lord has given you from your spirit upward. Something's wrong when we are not making a difference. Our presence is not bubbling up and showing out. Not that we're doing it on purpose. You can't help. Let, let me explain. If you are angry, your anger is going to show too. No, don't, don't look straight. Look straight. <laughs> don't, don't look at nobody. I'm going to close my eyes as I say this. It shows on your expression. What's on the inside shows up on the outside. What's in your spirit and your soul shows up. Some people, they walk around and you know they got a double-barrel shotgun cocked. In their spirit, they ready to tear you up one side down the other and back up again. That is not us. Shouldn't be. If we are full of the Holy Spirit and we are walking in the joy of the Lord, there's a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit of joy and peace that is supernatural. That's what Paul is showing. He has been a model. It's not his circumstance. He got it bad. But you know what? He knew that Jesus was chained up with him. He knew that the presence of the Lord was right there. And he was, he was witnessing to the soldiers that was chained up to him. He was telling them about Jesus. 
And guess what? They gave him audience because they couldn't understand in his situation, how could he have so much joy? Oh, oh, it, it, I know it's Thanksgiving season, but we all be thankful all the time. Hallelujah. Somebody would say, you don't know my story. The fact that you still here shows that God kept you. God brought you. You made it. Listen, my question is, you have two, we have two responses. When you look back over your life, you can just see the trouble. And you can be saying, nobody knows the trouble I've been through. Or we can look back and say, Lord, I didn't lose my mind. Lord, you kept me through all that. Lord, I never would have made it if it had not been for you. Is there anybody in the house? You know God kept you. You know God. Nobody but God. You, you would have lost your mind if God had not been there with you. I see God. I see God saving me from myself. I see God protecting me in danger. I see God shutting doors that I wanted to go through so I wouldn't go through it. I see God stopping stuff, moving stuff, supplying stuff. Is there anybody grateful? Is there anybody thankful? Because you know. I'm learning that you never give up. You have to have an expectation on God that is bigger than your circumstances. I think we need to change how we view things. Hebrew chapter 12 says, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. You know what they say? He wrote your beginning and he wrote your end. He has already laid out your course. He has already placed victorious over it. Listen, a victorious life is not a life that don't go through nothing. It's a life that goes through a lot, but you keep on marching. You keep on believing. You keep on praying. You keep saying thank you, even when you don't like it. Our God is a hilltop God. But he's also a valley low guy. He'll show up in the midst of your situation. We, 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 we have to believe his word. God says, he says, I have set my word above my name. For a long time, I said, Lord, I don't get this. Until I read, somebody said, in, in, in the old times, your word was your name. Let me explain. That your word, your name was only as good as your name. 
So if you made a promise and didn't keep it, it gave you a bad name. So you know what God says? Every promise, my name is on it. Everything I say, I'm going to do it because my name is on it. My character is based on me keeping my word. So I give more credit to my word than my name. Because if I don't keep my word, it's going to affect my name. But if I am faithful to my word, you're going to trust my name. Because my character is attached to my name. So you can trust my word. You can trust my heart towards you. Do you trust God when you don't understand him? He, he, he's faithful. After he says, I'm the author and finisher of each of your life. I, I wrote purpose in it. I wrote meaning in it. Matter of fact, I knew the trouble you was going to face so that you would have a bigger testimony. <laughs> if you haven't been through nothing, you can't talk about nothing. But when you know, you've been to the valley low and God kept you. You don't mind telling somebody, I know he's good. Let me tell you what he did for me. I know he was with Moses. I know he was with the Hebrew boy, but he was with me. Is there anybody house in the house got your own testimony? Got your own story? Listen, can't nobody turn me away from what I know because I know him. And the more he shows himself, the more we ought to be falling in love. The more he keeps showing up, the more we ought to be falling in love with him and willing to tell the story how good he's in. We, 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 we're looking at the wrong thing sometimes. You can tell when a person got their eyes on Jesus or if they got things on the problem by the way they talk about him. Your conversation should be more about Jesus. And know what happens? After a while, God begins to show you why he allowed you to go through what you're going through. And you begin to agree with him. He had to. Lord, because I would not be where I am with you without going through all that. So, Lord, I'm not complaining about that. I didn't like that. But it was good for me that I was afflicted because in my affliction, I got closer to you and you're the best thing that ever happened to me. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Many of us 
couldn't be saved. Oh, shut your mouth. If everything would have went the way we wanted to go, we'd be the, we'd be the biggest sinner south of... If God would not broke us through hardship, even hell couldn't stand us. I tell people all the time, God saved me from myself. I didn't even know I needed saving. I didn't come because I was broken. He said, this hard-headed, stiff-necked, I have to do something special with him. But hold on, don't laugh at me. What about you? What, what, what woke you up? And the truth of the matter is, we should keep on waking up. It's from one level of faith to the next level of faith. I said, let me, let me change the word faith. One level of confidence to the next level of confidence, to the next level of confidence. And as you grow in your confidence in the Lord, your joy grows. Your peace grows. It ought to be that stuff that bothered you last year can't touch you this year. The demon that was sent to mess with you last year, don't even come your way no more. <laughs> it ought to be that stuff that used to get you all, all upset, rub off, run off your back. It, it ought to be folks that used to get on your last nerve. You now have mercy on them. You, we ought to be growing in our perspective because we recognize everything is a God thing. That, that, that God is allowing so that we can grow up. When you grow up in God, you can stand flat-footed in a place you don't like and still give him praise. What are you filling your mind with? Let me explain. If you've been watching whatever all day long, guess what's going to play out in your thinking while you're sleeping? We're setting trouble by what we fill ourselves with. Mark 4, 24 says, to the measure or to the importance that you give to the word of God, that's what he measures back to us. What he's saying is, if you just read my word, they say, I did my reading, but you're not studying you're not asking God, what does this mean? It, you, you're not giving it importance. But you allow other things to be more important than his word. Know what God says? You, you don't want it? Okay, then you don't get it. 
And, and, and the verse goes on to say, him who had, because he had, because he placed importance, she placed importance, will be given more light, illumination, uh, understanding. He said, but them that don't have, they don't understand because they don't want to understand. You know, I discovered some people don't want to know the truth because they think if they don't learn it, they're not accountable to it. <laughs> May I share with us the fact when you hear it, make you accountable to it, whether you apply it or not. Got this text, got this text, got this text. And, 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 and it came up as a, what will we do when, 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 when we meet Jesus? One person hugged Jesus, one had tears, another one said, he says, good servant. And, and all of them, and I, and I said, I got a problem with this. So I got a problem with this. Because in every of the seven scenarios, they approached Jesus when he was the lamb. He was just like us. But when we get to heaven, um, he's going to be the line of Judah. <laughs> when we get to heaven, we're going to see him in his full glory. When we get to heaven, it's like the song that Terry says, I think we're going to fall flat on our face in worship of his majesty. When we get to heaven, listen, heaven is not about the mansion. Heaven is not about the street of God. Heaven is about, it's the presence of God. Hallelujah. And one of the things we're going to reflect back is how did we live out our purpose while we was down here? Because we're going to recognize probably for the very first time, like we have never recognized before. He's worthy. He's worthy of all the praise, of all the thanksgiving. He is worthy. We need to build up our joy capacity. You know how you build up your joy capacity? You put away petty stuff. At some point, we, we got to start turning towards him more. We got to start recognizing him in our life more. It's, it's, it's by one degree to the next degree to the next degree. Listen, God works in our want-tos. And I believe that God is calling all of us higher. I think God is calling all of us to worship him more. I think that on the inside, we, we know it. We just, Satan is, is shouting at us. But God got this still, small <laughs> voice. You know, we, we tired, we ready to go to bed, and God said, aren't you going to pray first? 
we, we get up in a hurry. And God said, ain't you going to thank me for keeping you throughout the night? Our day is busy, and we have not been in conversation with him all day. And God said, I've been waiting on you. If he is the source of our life, shouldn't our conversation with him reflect that? Oh, let me, can, can I put my foot in this? Your checkbook ought to reflect he's your source. Our time in the world ought to reflect he got something to say. It, this, this is not religion, this is relationship. This is that, Lord, every step I make, every breath I take, it's your grace and your mercy that allow things to be as well as they are. So, Lord, instead of complaining about what's not, I'm going to thank you for what is. Hallelujah. 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 I think that when we become more grateful, God start throwing more blessings. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you give a child who tells you you're supposed to? Here are five and six years. I don't have to be thankful. You're supposed to. Wait till they get 14, 15, 16. Instead of you running the house, they running the house. Can, can I say something to parents? Your kids are not your friends. They're your kids. They don't set the boundaries. You do. And if you don't set them, they're going to break your heart. I talked to some parents who, who are heartbroken, and they would say to themselves, if I would not have given them everything they cried for, Maybe they wouldn't be where they're at now. God's not our friend. We're his servants. He's molding us and blessing us to be the children that he has called us to be. Paul turned his life totally upside down inside out because he recognized my life is made in you. My life is purpose in you. You created me. My joy and my satisfaction and the meaning of my life is totally in you. I was on the wrong road. I didn't know what life was all about. Now I recognize that life is about you 
and what you called me to do in you, for you, to allow you to work through me, and then I will fulfill my purpose and be satisfied. Oh, it says that Jesus, still in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. And, and he, he endured it holding onto the hope, the expectation that was set before him. That means, that means, listen, that means he wasn't looking at the present situation. That means that even on the cross, he had the, 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 the hand of his expectation reaching off what he knew God the Father had for him. Hold on. He, he knew that what he was doing was going to yield him brothers and sisters in heaven so he could share his glory with us. And he counted it worth the cost for what he's going to receive. Uh, some of us need to get a vision. We need to get a vision of what God wants to do, what God plans to do, what God has for you, not just in heaven, but in the land of the living. Most of us is chasing the wrong vision. It's a vision we came up with. It's a vision we have set in motion. And if we ever let go of what we think we have and catch hold to what God has for us, it will change your life. Oh, oh, he's a good God. Right now, he's a good God. Every morning, you ought to wake up saying, what you got for me today, Lord? Order my steps, Lord. Walk with me today. I surrender. And when you bring somebody, listen, listen. God, young God, and he, and he was a, he's a, he's a Caucasian. He came in, and I said, man, are you a Christian? He said, that's why I came here. Gave him what we had and all that. Then I said, I, I, City Gospel will help you get in, find a place, help you find a job. And I gave him the information. And he was so thankful. He was so grateful. Listen, listen, listen. How much more? See, he's homeless physically. Are you homeless spiritually? He didn't have nothing physically. Touched his hand, his hands was cold. I had some mints. He said, can I have some of them, man? Take all you want, man. Listen, listen, listen. We are eating stuff that's not good for us. In Jeremiah, he says, the heavens are appalled. He said, they, they, they're like, ah, I've never seen such stuff. He's talking to Israel, he said, because they turn from me the living fountain 
of living water to things that came in whole water. It's not even edible. It's like, it's like going down to a stadium that it has astroturf. And say, I'm going to eat this grass. It's not grass, it's plastic. But when Satan got you all tied up, <laughs> oh, y'all didn't hear me. When Satan got you all tied up, you'd be surprised what you would do. Don't ever say what you won't do. Don't ever say. You say, if the Lord keeps me, if the Lord blesses me, I, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think that, that, that I know I got to end this. I, I know we're, we're finished. But he says in Isaiah 61, verse 3 and 4, he said, I, I will give you the spirit of joy. Isaiah 61 is the benefits of salvation. It is what Jesus quoted in Luke 4, 18, but he takes it longer. He said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to set those that's in captivity to set them free. I came that those of you that's been beat up by life, tore up by life, and you got ashes on because you are mourning. I came to give you a crown of dignity, of royalty, and I came to give you the spirit of joy for mourning. What he says is you don't have to remain where you're at because we got King Jesus. King Jesus has come to put your heart back. They give you joy. They give you power to set you free. His name, his name is Jesus. Instead of running to the world, you need to run to Jesus. You need to run to the one that made you, the one that know everything about you, the one that called you, the one that loves you. And when you find Jesus, you will find yourself. Paul said, Paul said, I let go of what I used to be. I let go of what I thought I knew. Now that I found Jesus, my, 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 my craving, my desire, my addiction is to love him and know him more because he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, 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 oh. You ought to run to him. You ought to fall on him. You need to lean into him. You need to make everything and ask him, Lord, I'm yours. I give my joy to you. I give my life to you. I give what I thought I could control. I reckon that I can't control it. So I might as well toss it at you. Somebody need to throw your mess. You need to throw your stuff. Go into Jesus and lay it at his feet and know that he will see you through. Uh, Paul became 
the hero of Christians. Not based on who he is, but based that he surrendered. He said, Lord, I recognize what I thought was life. <laughs> but the world showed me I needed. That's not it. My significance, my satisfaction, my strength, my joy, my peace. Lord, I see you doing things through me that I never thought was possible. Lord, the more I give to you, the more you give back. Lord, I recognize. Lord, it's you. My question is, why we keep adding but don't belong? Why we keep turning away from him to something that don't satisfy? You would think, I would think, we'll get tired. But he's, what's that? He's, he's, he, I want Jesus more than silver <laughs> and gold. Wanting more than power and fame. Give me Jesus. Say that with me. Give me Give me Jesus. And when you have him, he works through everything else. Online, it's Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's the simplest concept but it's so hard. It's so hard to realize that. It's so hard to give up and let go. It's so hard to really let him have it. But I'm learning the more I trust him, the more I give him, the more I let go. Take a verse of that, will you?
at home as she continues. Call either one of those numbers and someone will call you back. And you can say right now, Lord, I want you. Lord, I'd rather have you come into my life. And if you mean that from your heart, if you say, Lord, forgive me, I choose you. Come, come in. And you will experience the love that you've been